Sunday. And I know that I'm going to be quoting a few things that he has said these last several weeks. And it's just amazing how, how whenever you, you know, get something before and you begin to study and be, begin to prepare, how things will just all kind of fall into place with it. And um, and I will share that as I go. go. Okay. So um, the word glory is our word doxos, and it means to honor and praise and worship. And the New Testament, uh, that is the Greek word, and is utilized to describe the glory with smoke uh, emulating from the glory, which is, which is the presence of the Lord. And it's wherever God determines to demonstrate his glory, the release of fire is manifested. And, you know, we don't always see that release. But, I mean, in the physical, the, re the fire of the manifestation of the Lord is released through fire. But we don't always see that in our own physical eyes. I know Pastor spoke just um, recently uh, in one of his messages that people have testified that there's been fire that's been over the tops of the church here, that people have seen that. And, and, and that's God's, God's glory, his presence being manifested. And, and, you know, we thank him for that, don't we? So the glory is his presence, it's his kabod meaning the weightiness of his burden indicated by the closeness of the depths and the power of God upon a situation. And that came out of Stacy's book, Line Upon Line. And I want to quote something that Pastor just said uh, just last, last week. He said, the glory of God is truly a partnership with him. And it is his partnership uh, with him. And we, we receive that and we see that because, because of our relationship with him. Amen. So I'm going to start uh, today um, with uh, the scripture in John, and it speaks about uh, where Christ raises Lazarus from the dead. And this is a familiar passage for all of us, and I've just, it was a very long passage, so I just, you know, I broke it down with, the, with just, uh, just a few scriptures. We're going to talk about, um, read here in John 11, 1 through 4, and then I'm going to skip down to 33 through 44. So verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified there, thereby. Skipping down to verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit, and he was troubled. You know, why, why do we think God did, uh, uh, Jesus did that? He did that because he had manifested his power and you know his mighty works and there was many that still doubted you know what he could do and in his timing you know they 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 wanted it done in their timing but god moves you know jesus moves moved upon his own timing verse four when jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of god that the son of god might be glorified thereby 
When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened his, uh, the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hast heard me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast seen me. And when thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him, and let him go. So we all know the story of Lazarus' death was to give glory to God. And God could have raised him uh, from the dead as soon as he heard it, but he waited four days. And many questioned the fact that Jesus waited, and they felt that he had performed other miracles. Why didn't he heal Jesus, uh, Lazarus? In our own life, we question God as to why things happen the way they do. I know there are people who believe that all you have to do is just say, name it and claim it. You know, there's been a ministry that's out there and is still in operation today. That they just say you have to have the faith, you know, and if you don't have the faith, then the things that you believe for that don't happen is because you've done something wrong or you didn't have enough faith to believe. And we all know that isn't the way things happen. Yes, we have to have confidence in God and trust that he will answer our prayers, but in his timing and in the way that he wants to do it. I am sure that those that witnessed the miracles of Jesus just assumed he would always do them as when there was a need. The scripture tells us that he loved Lazarus and his sisters. Martha and uh, this right, this next part that I'm going to say is one of the things that um, pastor spoke about just recently when he was talking about Ateo. And he said, Martha recognized that Jesus served his father, and in that he asked, he Ateo, if he asked anything according to the, what uh, the father wanted, that he would receive it. But Martha recognized the relationship that Jesus had with her, with his father. You know, and we have the same capability as a son to be able to Ateo, to be able to ask God for things in his timing and his will. We have that same, you know, we've been doing that just recently. We've been attaining the Father for things. But, you know, we, we have to realize that these things happen according to God's plan and in his purpose for these situations. And when I began to study for this message, you know, I know the phrase that the Lord had given me was, uh, to God be the glory for the things that he has done. You know, I wanted to kind of think, uh, focus upon the glory to God. 
because that's really where this message is kind of leaving glory to God. But as I was beginning to go over the scriptures and everything, uh, I just uh, I just felt like the title should have been Glory of God, and I focused more on the glory of God because it's the manifestation of His power that has um, that brings forth these um, these grace remedies, these miracles, these things. The next one we're going to focus on is the stoning of Stephen. And in Acts 7, uh, verse 54 through 60, it says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly unto heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. They, then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. My sisters and I have been um, studying. We do a Bible study on Monday, and we've been studying out of the book of the cross and the histemi. And uh, one of the things we started off doing that in this was, you know, we wanted to break apart pneumatikos things. And we began to uh, uh, really minister to my older sister. And God had really touched her mightily um, at one seminar that she uh, came here, and she, she actually received the gifts of divers' tongues immediately i mean and she and she uh speaks in it and she operates in it and she and she really um she really follows a lot of the teachings from the church and so we we did it because we wanted to minister to her and bring her you know uh, up into you know more of a full understanding of the of the ways of god and the pneumonicos things so we started with something that we thought would be relevant to, you know to her understanding and so we've been uh, ministering now this book, The Cross and the Histemi, uh, with her. And so I want to read a passage out of that book that just recently, the last part of the book that we were on, um, said this. And, you know, it's just the timing of the Lord because God had already given me this message. And um, it was just like a couple of Mondays ago when we had our Bible study that this passage was in there. And it's just, it just amazes me how God will always just kind of put things together. And it kind of makes you realize that, you know, you are right on target for what the Lord is speaking to you about. It's not you just coming up with something, you know, on your own. So it says, um, I'm going to read a passage out of the uh, pastor's book, The Crossing the Stemi. It says, Stephen saw Jesus positioned at his stemi at the right hand of the throne of the Heavenly Father. The first martyr of the church looked up into heaven and witnessed the magnificence of the glory of God. In the midst of this mag uh, majesty, the histemi place of our eternal Lord was beheld at the strategic placement of the right hand of God, the point of the prophetic commissioning of, of the sons. And I want to ask you, are we, are we positioned where we're supposed to be in our histemi? And are we doing all that we can, you know, to pursue the things the Father uh, has instructed us from the right hand? You know, this is our calling as a son and as a saint 
is to be in our histemi, positioned at the right hand to fulfill what God is wanting us to do. And we know that Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. He chose to serve God as a son. And he was being persecuted for his belief in Jesus. We may not face same kind of persecution for our belief, or we may face some of the same kind of persecution for our faith as well. Of course, we things will look, look a lot different for us. We're not going to be stoned to death. I'm not going to say that won't happen in this world because people are really being persecuted for their faith. But, you know, we do face face some persecution for the things that we believe in and the things that we are standing God and believe in God for and just our faith in, in God. But we have to we have to you know stand steadfast and, and believe that um, no matter what we go through, no matter the trials, the tribulations or whatever we go through, that uh, we're gonna be victorious in those things. The next part I entitled Justified by uh, Grace, and it's in Romans 3, 23 through 25. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness and his vision. For the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. You know, we have that access to the Father, and we are justified by His grace. We are called forth uh, as sons to partner with the Heavenly Father. And we, we have to stand and declare His, his righteous vision into this uh, wicked nation that we live in. The next part I entitled, Justified by faith that's in Romans 5 1 through 5 therefore being justified by faith and this is our word pistis we have peace we have this quietness this rest and this is the, our word arene with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through him through him also we have access by faith unto this grace whereby we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God not only so, but we glory, we rejoice, we boast. And tribulations also, knowing that the tribulations worketh patience. And this is our word, hupomeno. And it, mean, remain, uh, it means to remain under the appointed place of abiding. And patience, experience, and experience hope. And this is our word, elpis. And it means to anticipate with pleasure and confidence. And hope make it not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And we have this rest, this new walk, the breath of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we rejoice in this hope that the tribulations that we go through work us patience. And who of us wants to go through tribulation? Through that, we are molded into what God wants us to be. It is not an easy process, but one of importance. And we have to know that the, the design and the plan of God is, is for us to, to become who he has created us to be.
And this is not an easy process, but it is one of importance. And it's also God's divine plan for our lives. And I want to uh, give a little testimony. Um, my son, he, um, he works with an individual that um, recently was di diagnosed with cancer. And he, um, I mean, he was diagnosed like a month ago, and, and, and he's already passed away. They had his funeral just Friday. I mean, it was like a quick, quick thing. And he went into the hospital uh, because he had um, a hernia. And he had already had a hernia uh, surgery several months ago, but this was a hernia repair. And when they went in, they found out that he had cancer. Well, uh, you know, they were trying to figure out, you know, how they were going to, you know, what, he, what kind of plan he needed to be on and all this, you know, to uh, for his cancer. Well, I mean, it manifested so quickly that it, um, when they went in to do all the further tests, I mean, it was already in his kidneys, and it was in his lungs, it was in his liver, uh, it was in his, in his spine, and then it's, I mean, just in a matter of just a few weeks. And, uh, you know, people question why, you know, he was like, a, uh, you know, he's a guy in his 40s. He's a young man. How, how somebody, you know, that young could have all these things wrong with him and not even know it. Uh, and then for God to just take him very quickly. But, you know, that's just God's, I look at it as God's grace and his mercy upon the man that he didn't have to labor for months and months and months and months. But, you know, we, we do... We do know of these situations with people that have had, you know, terrible things that happened to their lives. But, you know, we, we just have to realize that people go through stuff in this life and that we just have to believe that God is in control. And, I, you know, I look at it in a different situation because I look at it as being, well, he's made his promotion and now he, he's in the hand of God. And I feel like God took him when he was ready. And I believe that... Um, And I had uh, also uh, heard from my son that, you know, he had, they had given his life to the Lord before he passed. And so I was grateful for that because that was the thing that I was concerned with, most concerned with when I heard about his, his illness and how he was declining so quickly. I, my, my first thoughts were, Lord, take him quickly, but make him ready before he goes. And luckily that he was. But, you know, my son, you know, he, he really struggled with this. He, want, he, you know, he didn't understand, and, you know, and... But you just have to comfort people and just tell them that, you know, it's, you know, we're living, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. And God is the one that makes the, the decisions about life and death. And we have to just trust him and we have to believe him. We have to know that when he, when he does something, that he does that, he does it because that's his will. And we have to, we have to just realize and we have to accept it. But it was, you know, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for my son, and, and I just, you know, I just had to share with him that we just have to, we have to know that when God does something, that he does it well. Amen. He do, when he does something, he does it well. And and we just have to know that, um, that it's not going to be our will. You know, the way we think we see what's happening. Uh, 
um, you know, I want to share a little bit about uh, Lila this morning. Uh, we've been standing, you know, I know y'all of the church has been standing, and we of the family has been standing. And we don't know the situation that's going to happen with this little baby, but we know that God is in control. And we know that he has given his parents great faith, great great strength, and, you know, the grandparents, too, through this journey. And, um, you know, we're just staying, we're standing, we're just going to look, and we're going to see the glory of God upon this situation in whatever way he wants to manifest it. You know, her, her birth was a miracle, and we're going to believe that her life will be, too. Amen. So this next part I entitled, uh, titled Glorify God. And it's in Romans 15, 5 through 7. And it's in uh, verse 5 says, Now the God of patience, and this is our word, Lamento, it, means, it means to remain under the appointed place of abiding, and the consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. You know, it's such a blessing to walk, to be able to walk together as uh, sons, to be like-minded one towards another, and to stand at the right hand of God in partnership together, to see, uh, you know, the, uh, God glorify, be glorified, and, um, you know, glorify in everything, in all things. We have to glorify God in all things, even in things that we we would like to see situations happen in a different way. We have to glorify God. Next scripture is uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 31 through 32. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God, even as I pleased all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that may be saved. We need to give God glory in all things. Our Heavenly Father knows what is best for us. It was His will, not ours. It will be His will, not ours. We don't seek our own profit, our own will. We seek the, the desire. We seek His desires for our life and for and for situations. So do I have any comments yet this morning? As I move on. Okay, these uh, next scriptures, there are going to be several of them. I entitled them The Satan Walk, and I felt like they really des described our walk as sons and our partnership with others that have come alongside us. And they just really, really ministered to me, and I know I just kind of categorized several of them just all together. Um, but I felt like that 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 the title that that uh, fit them well for what I'm going to be speaking about today. So the next part is the saintly walk, and it's Second Corinthians four one through seven. Verse one says, "Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, and it's especially by divine grace." That we have received this uh, this ministry. 
we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for uh, Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthly vessels that the excellency of the power, and this is the dunamis, the explosiveness of the applied power, miraculous power, may be of God and not of us. And we know that the power that is uh, eliminated through us is miraculous, and it is of God. It's none of our manifestations. It's nothing that we have done to... to um, to earn this or, or gain more of it. It's, it's done especially by his divine grace and for his di uh, divine grace in, in the calling that he has called us to. And we don't operate in dishonesty and we don't walk in craftiness and we're not handling the word of God deceitfully. And the gospel that, that, uh, uh, that is hid... Uh, is hid it's hid to those that are lost those that uh, are walking in error to uh, with the father and, and their their eyes are blinded and they cannot see the truth and God has called us into this walk of sonship it is by his divine grace that we serve alongside each other it is our place as sons to shine the light of Jesus to this dark world we live in and it's through the power the dunamis of God that we can be victorious the gospel is hidden to them that don't believe. And this is a plan of the enemy to blind blind people so they won't be able to see the truth. The truth of the gospel. And we're just we're living in such a a world that is just I mean, every day it's just some kind of disaster that is created. And we we just have to stay on our face before God and just trust him that, you know, these things are, you know, in his plan, and, you know, we're really, I mean, things are moving so mightily so quickly, and we're seeing so many things just happen that it, sometimes it can just really kind of take our breath away because we, I mean, we are flesh, you know, and we, we, things do affect us, and we, we don't want to see problems in our world like we see but this is all God's uh, God's divine plan we have to trust him that he's in control and that he's doing all things well next scripture is uh, Ephesians 1 15 through 23 and it says wherefore I also after I heard of your faith which is hearing from the right hand of God in the Lord Jesus in love unto all the saints cease not to give thanks and this is our word eucharistio it means to express gratitude for you making mention of you in our in our prayers 
and this is to go forward and submit one, uh, oneself on behalf of what the Father wants to do, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his dunamis to us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And have put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And we don't, we, uh, and we do this, we cease not to give thanks for those that have come alongside us. And we do pursue in our prayers that the Father would uh, give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be able to see and understand and their eyes would be enlightened into uh, his ways. So this is our prayer for those that have come alongside us in partnership with our Heavenly Father, that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and that's one of the seven spirits of God, that the explosive power of God would be upon them, that the fire of his passion would engulf them. And this can only be done through spending time with God. But we, we pray for those that have come alongside, that they would receive those, uh, those things from the Father, that they would take the commissioning and go forward in him. In Philippians 1, 9 through 11, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which is the fruits of vision, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. And we pray for the fruits of righteousness to be upon us to guide us in our pathway of purpose and also those that have come alongside of us. Philippians 2, 1 through 11. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Look not every man... Uh, this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in a likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in earth and things in heaven and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, 
to the glory of God the Father. And these scriptures right here, you know, uh, in our walk with the Lord, we we cannot let anything be done in strife or in vainglory. And we have to have lowliness of mind. And we have to esteem each other better than ourselves. Because this is this the way that, um, you know, Jesus uh, exhibited those things on this earth. And we, ha and we have to, as uh, saints and sons, to exhibit, you know, our life in in those same kind of fashions. And we also pray. So as sons, we recognize our role through, uh, before the Father. We are servants being instructed to fulfill his will. We all play a different role in this servitude before the Lord, but we do it to the glory of God to represent him in this dark world. And we have to be careful about how we exhibit ourselves to others and... Um, you know, we have to, you know, check our spirits daily, don't we? And make sure that, you know, we're in right accord with the Lord and that our, um, that our attitudes and our minds uh, line up with, you know, his desires and his will for our life and, and for the situations that we encounter on a daily basis, you know, especially throughout our jobs and the way we encounter with other people. Colossians 1, 25 through 29. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of grace of God, through grace, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And this is us, right? The scripture. Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, through grace, which is given to us for you to fulfill the word of God. And how do we do that? We do it through the mysterion, through the mystery which has been hidden from ages, from generation, but now is being manifested to the saints. And this is true. This is, we're living these days right now as this is happening. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, of this mystery, of this mysterion, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect and this means this uh, perfect means complete in Christ complete in the wholeness of Christ wherefore I also labor striving according to his working which worketh in me mightily and this ministry has been hidden to many but it is our job to share this walk of sonship to others this is the great commissioning is to develop sons we have been called uh, by God to fulfill this task do I have any comments moving on first uh, Thessalonians 2 7 through 12 but we were gentle among you even as a nurse cherishes her children so being affectionately desirous of you we were willing to have imparted unto you not only the gospel of God only but also our own souls because we were dear unto us because you have a dear unto us for we remember brethren our labor and our travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses and God also 
how holy and justly and unblamingly we behave ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his child, his children, you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and to his glory. This is a mouthful, these scriptures. I mean, we we labor and we travail. We labor day and night for the Father to fulfill his purpose in our world. And we, and it says, how holy and justly and unblamingly we behave ourselves among you that believe. And this really is, is our calling to represent the Father in this in this way uh, to those that are coming alongside, and and to do uh, the play in our workplace, to our families, to the people out in the community. They just have to see the love of God and and, and Jesus in our lives. And it says this is such a beautiful passage. And it just really describes our love for those who have come alongside us and our passion to have, to have and uh, we have to see them fulfilling their role as sons. And 2 Thessalonians 1 through 4, 2 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 4, says Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus, unto the church of the uh, Thessalonians in God, our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other aboundeth, that we ourselves glory, and we boast, we rejoice in you, in the churches of God, for your patience. And this patience is to come alongside and, and to fulfill the, the plan of the Lord and faith in all of your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. And we have to remember that those that labor among us uh, to hold them up in prayer, always being faithful to call their names out to, out to God. Because, the, uh, you know, especially those that, that are... We have a lot of people in our network that are in, you know, lots of locations, and they're by themselves. They don't have others to, you know, come alongside and daily talk to them or just, you know, the, the opportunity to physically, you know, speak to others. I mean, it's, it's great for those that have churches and, you know, they have that fellowship there, but there are many that are just isolated off in these different cells and they're on their own, and they, and I'm sure that they do feel like they're they're by themselves. But you know, we have to constantly, constantly lift them up in prayer, and 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 that they will continue to be faithful to God, no matter the, no matter what they go through, and what, and no matter what the enemy, you know, tries to make them believe. And that's the thing. The enemy will plant things in a person's mind, making them think that they're not unimportant, that their walk is not you know, of value and, um, you know, why why do I keep doing this over and over again, you know, and um, I know the Lord has, you know, places those thoughts in their minds, but we just have to pray, you know, that God would gird them up and make them steadfast. I mean, we even battle those things in our own mind, thinking that, you know, that, you know, that we're... 
really not accomplishing anything. You know, what are you accomplishing doing all the things that you do? But we know that we're doing it because it's, it's our partnership and it's um, through that partnership that we have with the Lord. We don't do it for man's accolades. We do it because we know that this is the calling that God has placed on our heart and that we, we're just obedient saints and sons. We need to stand, stand faithful and stand firm uh, and hold others up. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you, as some strange thing happen unto you, but rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, and this is our word, apocalyptus, ye may be glad also with exceedingly joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. And on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of your suffering suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evildoer, as a busybody in other man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins in us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? This is a scary passage. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit, commit the keeping of their souls in him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And we rejoice that the Spirit of God, Spirit of glory and of God, rests upon us, which is one of the seven spirits of God. And the glory of God, uh, or the kabod, is that weightiness of the power of God upon a situation. And we, we, um, we pray that, that, that the Lord will Give us the strength to continue to do his will and be faithful to the calling that he has called us unto. So 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16. Howbeit we speak wisdom among you that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither had entered into the man, the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed his uh, apocalypto that unto uh, them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yea the deep things of God for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God now ye have received not the pneuma of the world but the pneuma which is of God that ye might know the things that are freely given to us of God which all which which things also we speak, not in the world words with uh, man's wisdom teaches, 
but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing pneumonicos things with pneumonicos. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And this is how we receive the things from the Father. They are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? For well, we have the mind of Christ. And we, we, we have the mind of Christ because we stay at, at the right hand of the Father. God has revealed to us by his Spirit the deep things. Through the breath of God and his pneuma that, that breathes into us, we can receive this as a son. We don't receive this gift from the world because the world is an enemy, enemy with the things of God. And I want to close with this one scripture here, and it really, I love this scripture. It really speaks really volumes, and it's always been something that has really ministered to me. And it's 1 Peter 5, 10 through 11. But the God of grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, will make you perfect, which is our word teleos, and it means complete in his plan. It will establish you, it will make you steadfast, it will set you, and this word set is also our word tefemi. It will strengthen you, it will strengthen you in the spiritual knowledge and the power, the dunamis, that we need to uh, function as a son. And it will settle us. It, it will lay a basis for our walk with the Lord. And it says, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And I, and I pray that this scripture over us, that we will always stay steadfast in the, in the plan and the purpose of the Father. And that grace, the grace of God, would make you perfect in him. And that he would establish you, strengthen you, settle you in your walk with him. So that's my conclusion of my message today. Do I have any comments or anything that anybody would like to share today? I just felt that that was such a, a strong collection of scripture. From, that was a mouthful. I'm glad I got to hear it. I really felt like they were really, you know, come alongside with us of our commitment on our walk with yeah. the Father and, and the plan that he's called us to and ministering to others and to this dark world and to the nations. Yeah. Um, I like that last verse, too. It reminder of our suffering. Mm -hmm. and, and not only that we do suffer, not to be confused by the fact that we suffer, but also tells us the reason why he's going to allow us to suffer so that we can be perfect and established in him. Strengthened. Strengthened, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that scripture. Yeah. It's just always, always bless me. Those kind of gives us the long view. Yeah. We tend to have the short view when we're troubled. Yeah, yeah so poor progression of the Lord as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it probably aligns with uh, voices, lightnings, thunders, and earthquakes. But the Father is, uh, 
you know, molding us and making us into the individual that he's called us to be. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. It's not an easy walk to serve the Lord, but it's, it's one that is, has great reward. And there are, there are many times, I mean, it's not a, a life of constant suffering, but I mean, we go through things in our own life, and, and, and we know that we have to see others go through things, and that's what struggles us, you know. We, you know, when we don't see the, the things being, our prayers being answered or the things that we're standing and believing God for, we don't see them being manifested in the way that we think that they should. Or, or, you know, it's just a walk of faith. We just have to trust God and knowing that whatever it is that you go through or you see people go through, you know, it's to mold them and make them into the individuals that he has called them to be. And we do live, you know, we live in this world and there's going to be tribulation, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be trials, but we have to know that God is in control and that he, he's going to manifest, manifest his presence and his glory and his power upon the situations that he chooses and, and in the way that he chooses them. Our walk is just to stand faithful at the right hand, continue to believe God, partnering with his will and for, you know, to develop sons and to um, just stand steadfast. And, and, and commune with him. Amen? Anyone else have anything you want to share before we close? I was just thinking about, you know, you were, you were talking about um, our thoughts and, uh, you know, that, that, that passage wouldn't be in the Bible that tells us to take every thought captive, right, and to the obedience of Christ if, um, you know, the Lord didn't know User would be planting those thoughts in our, our minds as frequently as he can, right? I think that um, just like you know, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, so many people uh, aren't sensitive enough to hear the still small voice. We have to be sensitive enough and mindful enough to know, you know, if we're feeling down or we're worried or, or we're thinking about. Anything other than what's aligned with our purpose in the Lord, to, to acknowledge that and, and take the action to take that thought and yeah. you know, So we know what we, we know what we're supposed to do, um, but we need to do what we know. You know, I think uh, 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 this morning right now I'm thinking about Monica. You know, I mean, she has battled this thing almost for a full year, almost for a full year. And I mean, she had surgery, and if, it, you know, it's not over with. I mean, she's going to have to go through the process of healing, and a lot of times it'll take another year to heal that correctly. And uh, and all the extra physical therapy and all the extra uh, work that's going to have to be done. I mean, we ask ourselves, why did that happen? You know, why did it happen? And then why why did it be labor for our full year? I mean, you know, we just don't have the answers. Uh, why things happen. You know, and um, I think we all are so prone to ask why. Yeah. And that's not for us to know. I mean, the Lord has us where he has us for a reason. For a reason. And that's what we have mm -hmm. to, you know, we have to know that and, and, be remind, and we have to remind ourselves constantly that he's sovereign. I mean, there is a reason. Oh, yeah, there is. But it, it is, it's hard to, it's hard to see it sometimes. 
Um, yeah, I'd like to remember that God is sovereign in what, what is happening and what, what we're going through and what we see people go through. <clears throat> there is a reason, and we just got to know that it's, you know, in the plan of God and release it to Him. You know, people wonder why, and why does that person have to suffer? Why, and why did this 40-year-old have to get cancer and die so quickly? And thank the Lord it was quickly, and not like you said, you know, along the way with things. And, you know, I, I think, I, you know, whenever I hear that, I think, who, you know, who, who are we to think that we're exempt? You know, I mean, none of us are exempt. I mean, the, the Lord tells us point blank in this world, you will have your he doesn't tell you the degree of the tribulation you're going to have. He just says you're going to have it. And, you know, I'm just, I'm always reminded, I mean, when we think about, you know, why does, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, I mean, why did Jesus Christ, the most, the only perfect human yeah, on the face of the earth ever to step foot on the earth, why did he have to suffer the crucifixion? You know, I mean, so, so, I don't mean it tersely. You know, who are we to ask? But who are we to ask? Really? You know, we just, again, we have to trust and know um, that God is sovereign and that there's a reason and a purpose for all things. And we're not going to know the answers. I mean, he may let us know some answers. But there's a lot of things we're not going to know the answer to until we get to the other side. And we just have to you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other and walk in ahead and trust God. That's right. Just like that uh, thorn in the flesh that Paul had. Paul had. I mean, yes. you know, he was someone that walked very closely with with Jesus. You would think that his he wouldn't have any kind of problems, but you know, like you said, the less you know, who are we to ask? Who are we to question God? You know, we just know that whatever happens is going to be for His glory, and it's going to be that His will was established in that, and we have to just accept it. Well. And You know, he says that in our weakness, he's made strong. Right. So, you know, when we ask, you know, why is this bad thing happening to me or, you know, somebody I know or whatever, you know, that's, that's us having our eyes in the wrong place. You know, because do we want us to be strong or do we want him to be strong through us? And it's in our weakness. It's in our flesh. It's in our inability to do things. So I'm closing this message this morning, and I, my prayer is for you that God will continue to develop you as sons, that you stay faithful uh, on your face before the Father at the cross, and he would strengthen you, establish you, and settle you, and make you perfect in all things. Amen. Susie, can I just say one thing right quick? Um, you, you 